This is episode 10 of Critical Connections. Stories from how one thing has led to another over 20 years of the Allied Media Conference. I am your host, Morgan Williams. I am your co-host, Jenny Lee. Today's episode is going to be an interview between Emmy Kane and Joey Mogul. Joey is a lawyer and activist and co-founder of the Chicago Torture Justice Memorials Project. This conversation is really exciting because it encompasses both the breadth and depth of Joey's incredible work in Chicago with the Chicago Torture Justice Memorials Project, but also how the AMC has been this site of creative injection into that work, how the process of using collaborative art can really be a healing process. And uh, yeah, and Joey's brilliant. So enjoy. My name's Joey Mogul. I live in Chicago. I am an attorney at the People's Law Office, and I focus on cases involving police and governmental misconduct. And I'm also a co-founder of Chicago Torture Justice Memorials, which is a group that has been working to seek reparations for the people who were tortured under John Burge in Chicago. I've been to the AMC somewhere between three and five times. I was introduced to the AMC from Andrea Ritchie. I had never heard about it before. I think I first went in 2008. I just went to watch her and try to be supportive of the groups that she was bringing. And I was pretty blown away by the conference. As someone who, I'm an activist, but I'm not an organizer and I don't work in a not-for-profit. This was like really the first activist conference I had been to. That was like a national conference, and it was pretty amazing. Being an activist conference and not being sort of an organizational conference, I just felt very exposed to like all this different amazing organizing that was going on in the ground. I thought that since I wasn't in media, I didn't really understand why it was going because I don't do media work per se. So then I was also impressed by just the range of work that was being presented at the conference. And I also just was amazed at how, to be honest, like friendly and accessible in that sense the conference was. I think often going to conferences, it's very isolating and you feel very alone. And sometimes you're not in the in crowd and you're not hip and you don't know anyone. And that is not the way the AMC felt. Like from the moment of checking in, it was friendly to the time of leaving. So I was really impressed by that. You know, I had been doing a lot of work on the Burge torture cases for years. I represent a lot of Burge torture survivors who were behind bars, people who were tortured into giving confessions, and then they were used against them to convict them. And I was also doing civil rights cases on their behalf. People who have been exonerated with suing the city. But I've always just felt I'm not just a lawyer, but I'm an activist because I don't believe justice will ever come through the courts. And so at different times, I've done various activist work. I think AMC completely broadened my horizons in thinking about what kind of activist and organizing work could be done on the Burge torture cases. So much of my work as a lawyer has awesome, like, we, I'm always figuring out, like, who are your targets strategically? Who are your pressure points? And what are your end goals? What are you hoping to achieve? And I remember going to the first AMC and attending the opening ceremony, which was amazing and blown away by And I think I saw Adrian Marie Brown get up on stage and say, remember, it's not always about the product, it's about the process. I think really just the ethos of the AMC has always been, it's not like we're going to build and 
get to the revolution. And once the revolution comes, we'll start leaving the, the lives we want to lead. It's begin to lead the life you want to lead now and begin to be in the world you want to be in right now. And so treat people and, and expect to be treated the way you should be in this moment and do that every day of your lives. That really was kind of groundbreaking, particularly coming from sort of old leftist politics, which I think is super hypocritical in many ways and tons of unsaid and unspoken contradictions. It feels just like it was more than just practice what you preach. It was sort of like create the world you want to live in now create the process you want to be in now. And that's the ethos that I felt really came through the AMC for me. It was interesting. I think one of the first panels I went to was a panel about doing art, writing, and teaching in prisons. And how do you create those programs? And I was blown away by like the range and diversity of speakers and how there were a lot of formerly incarcerated people on the panel or family members, as well as others who were going and trying to create programs inside prisons and to really have a conversation of well what does it mean to deal with the administration of prisons which are so punitive and difficult but also like how do you do these exchanges of information and art making and creativity inside prison and then connecting with communities on the outside as well to be honest I feel like there's often again a lot of leftist rhetoric out there about how do you put the directly impacted at the center? And I just felt like that panel in particular was a way of, I felt like I truly experienced like the ethos of putting the directly impacted at the center, but also trying to discuss and have conversations about how difficult that can be and how it's a continual process to get there. But I think that panel in particular impacted thoughts about how to move forward with Chicago Torture Justice Memorials. One thing I thought about is so the call had been put out around 2008, 2009 for reparations in the Burge torture cases by Stan Willis, who's a well-known, well-respected civil rights attorney and member of the National Conference of Black Lawyers, and he started this group, Black People Against Police Torture. And so there were some kind of ideas put out there, and at that time, I think I had been exposed to and had the opportunity to go to the United Nations and had learned about reparations, like a larger idea of what reparations included, and particularly moved by learning from the UN Special Rapporteur on Racism, Dudu Dian, about like what reparations include, which is this idea of public memorials. And a friend of mine, Lori Palmer, had done this exhibit. It's called Three Acres on the Lake, and it was this undeveloped property in downtown Chicago. It was just undeveloped. And it was called Dusable Park, who was an African-American man who is known for discovering, quote-unquote, the city of Chicago. And there was an auxiliary group of black women who wanted to name and create this park in his honor, but nothing had been done. And so Lori had learned about this land and learned about this undeveloped property. And so she put out an open bid to artists and architects and others to come and say, what would you do with three acres on the lake? And so she then took their speculative ideas, their bids, and she had an entire art exhibit. I was just really blown away by looking around and seeing all the creativity and seeing all of the different imaginations people had. And it was kind of through that concept that I thought, well, what if we did this in the Chicago police torture cases? What if we put out this open 
bid and we just invited people to like imagine what public memorial would look like in the Burge torture cases and grapple with both the racist horrific violence that was part of these cases and all the devastating harm that occurred but then simultaneously documenting the resistance of the survivors and their family members and then decades of activism and organizing it again like i think that the amc in in fact was part of that creative imagination and thinking you know at that point we weren't even thinking oh we're going to ask the city of chicago for a public memorial in the burge torture cases it really was this concept of, like it's not about the product it's about the process and it was investing in this idea of well let's create a whole new community of people or let's invite a whole new group of people to come into this community learn about the burge torture cases and then ask them to spark their imaginations right and it was getting beyond the lawyers who knew about the cases and some of the survivors and family members and just a few of the old activists who like kind of had been around these cases for years it was about inviting a whole new group of people into this process and i think that seeing the way that the amc was established and how many people were coming and all the different sort of organizing and activism and how art is part of that process and art can often fuel organizing and activism felt really explosive to me in this really exciting way and i think that i wish i could make it more tangible but i felt that learning from the amc i felt a belief that this process could work i think a lot of the amc was also about like thinking not just about as they said the product but the process but also like how do we heal from devastating wounds and how do we care for each other and how do we love each other it's like that revolutionary love and that that needs to again happen every single day. We're not going to wait till the revolution comes. We need to practice that now. We then did this whole process for Chicago Torture Justice Memorials where we put out an open call for speculative memorials in the Burge torture cases. And we ended up getting 70 different submissions and a whole range of submissions, right? It was architectural designs, it was photographs, it was videos. We actually had people submit syllabi about how they would teach the cases. The former high school where Burge went to school is in fact now radically different. It was all white when he was going to high school and now it's all black people and one of the art teachers decided to teach the Burge torture cases in his art class and then asked the students to come up with their own speculative memorials and then we put some of those memorials up at this exhibit. But In the end we ended up getting 70 submissions and we put them up at the Sullivan Art Galleries which is the gallery of the Art Institute of Chicago. In addition to these speculative memorials which we got local, national, international from a whole range of folks, artists, activists, survivors, folks behind bars, architects, etc. We also, you know, put up a timeline of the activism which often gets erased in many movements, you know, and particularly in the Burge torture cases I think that occurred. It was sort of amazing just to have the torture survivors walk through the exhibit and sort of see on these pristine white walls like all of this work that was devoted to them and to what they went through and what this experience was was pretty monumental. I mean, I remember Anthony Holmes one of the people Burge first tortured describing how blown away he was he was coming from this cell of gray cement walls that he saw day in and day out to then all of a sudden be walking through this beautiful art gallery 
on State Street in Chicago, and it's all this artwork. And to then realize in this very intense way, like, all these people know now about what occurred, and all these people, in fact, care. Again, you know, the process of then doing all of this work to solicit bids and educate people and ask people to think about what is a speculative memorial. It required us to do art charrettes and events and basically build all these new communities where we would have torture survivors and family members come and share their experiences or often not wanting to share their experiences, but tell us what you think a memorial should be like or tell us what you think reparations looks like. Then when we finally filed the reparations ordinance and then we got it passed and then now it's being taught in the Chicago public schools to 8th and 10th graders. And so every time the torture survivors come to one of these events and they speak, it's been a really, that is probably the most healing act for them. I mean, here were people who were tortured by these cops, who testified in court, who were routinely denied over and over again. Their confessions were used against them. They were convicted. Their appeals were denied left, right, and center. So they were disbelieved. And that, in some ways, has stuck with them as much as the torture itself. Now they come to these events and they share their experiences and they are embraced and they are loved and they feel believed. So it's like, that's what the AMC teaches, right? Create communities of care. And so again, it's about the process that's been involved. And that process has created a better sense of healing than I think any tangible monetary compensation or psychological counseling could provide. Again, I guess I just feel like that's a big lesson that that is taught over and over again, at least in my experiences at the AMC, that I've now had the beauty of experiencing in this work with the Chicago Torture Justice Memorials. I'll say this, like, I know there's lots of struggles about who gets to go to the AMC and who's the space for the AMC, and I really get that. I'm going to say, like, I promote the AMC wherever I go. I think the AMC is the absolute best conference. For me, like I said, I'm not in a non-for-profit. I'm in a private law office. I don't feel like I have access to all these different conferences and spaces. And so the fact that I feel like AMC is something that I've had the great fortune of attending and, you know, learning and enjoying. I mean, I'll say this, like we did bring Daryl Cannon twice to the AMC, who's one of the Burge torture survivors. And I think it was a really beautiful experience for him to get up there and be part of two different workshops. One was before we got the reparations ordinance passed and one was after. But I remember we brought him to a queer night at one of the bars and it was a really amazing experience for him to see all these like gender queers out there. I work with Daryl all the time. He knows I'm lesbian, he, I'm butch, I'm queer, he knows. But it was something different to actually bring him into the space. And, you know, at that point, there were folks up there voguing on stage. And it was, like, really mind-blowing for him. And he keeps saying, when are we going back to Detroit? When are we going back to Detroit? So it's not just about the product of what we brought to the AMC or what workshops we did. I loved the workshops, and they were great. And I think one of them was, like, we asked people to contribute to poetry. And those poems were profound. And it provided, again, another outlet or another way to access work on these cases. But it was also just being in that community and being in that environment and getting to bring Daryl and have him be part of that experience was, was really kind of amazing. 
And that's not a lesson I can just teach him from hanging out or it's not a lesson per se. It's an experience. I mean, I love that he came and he engaged in that experience and he, I think, got a lot out of it. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Critical Connections. To learn more about the Allied Media Conference, visit us online at alliedmedia.org slash AMC.